0: that how'll stiff you think we'll be inside wherever or just
1: will be searched we're here to say that's not the case we'll just go out and wing it we are two guys one car
0: it is thursday the 25th of August. August. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. Uh, I am Will Anderson, and joining me, not Charlie Clawson, because this is just a little bonus episode. We were going to try the three of us to get together to uh, do an episode, but just due to schedules, uh, it couldn't happen. So you know what? little bonus episode. A little, uh, This is. I guess this is kind of the equivalent of when the AFL has their bye week, mm. and then they play the EJ Witten game. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Adam nice. Spencer is here. He's, he's our EJ Witten all-star. Uh, cast.
1: What I loved about the intro, because um, I do a big, big fan of TG One C, yeah, uh, and it's always fun with you and the date,
0: right? And um, and then you just got to see it live, yeah. As I yeah. first asked you the date, and often, and then still fucked it up. Often an American thing, and
1: all <laughs> that, and that's great. And and often you said or Charlie has said you, you you checked just before we started, right? I don't know. I've heard you missed the month.
0: Yeah, I, I did. I did just for a moment think it was October, that was good. and you I was said, like, "Well, that doesn't make sense you with said, football." So, what date is it? Yeah, and,
1: and then I said, "As we were about," so I said, "It's the 25th. Yeah, and then you went, "Hey, g'day, it's Great. the twenty fifth of," and then there was this pregnant pause, and I oh, went, "I've really let you down there." In
0: my head, I was like, "Well, it can't be September yet because the free finals
1: haven't started." If you told me you needed month, I had that covered. I too. honestly
0: nearly went with October. <laughs> I've nearly <laughs> lost two months. That was the problem. Man, uh, Adam Spencer, it's good to have you here. Mm-hmm. Uh, like people may not know this, I think you may be the first person we've had on the a podcast, who is the number one? Well, you are because mm. you know apart the only people who've ever been on this podcast are Charlie, myself, and Michael Chamberlain. Yep. None of whom are the number one ticket holders no. at our club. So this is the first time we've had a bit of AFL royalty really yes. in the uh, on the podcast. When did you become the number one ticket holder at the Sydney Swans? So
1: the Swans have each year the uh, best and fairest night or club champion night, sure, um, named after the legendary three-time Brownlow medalist from the Sydney Swans back in the 1950s? 60s? Bobby, uh,
0: Bobby Skilton.
1: Bobby Skilton, the Bobby Skilton medal. Bobby Skilton wins the Brownlow three times. Mm-hmm. He won the Swans Best and Fairest nine times? Nine times. Nine times. So they've done the right thing and named the medal after him. I did interview Bobby Skilton once. And he told a great story about back in his Brownlow medal days, it wasn't quite as ritzy as it is now. Bob Skilton found out about one of his Brownlow medals on the tram on the way home from TAFE hang on what where someone else who someone this guy comes up to you on the tram and says you're Bob Skilton aren't you <laughs> I am mate you just won the Brownlow medal congratulations
0: hang on so he's just going home from TAFE going what was he studying at TAFE
1: I don't know what he was studying but he I was mean just... that
0: is a detail I want to know now yeah, though just,
1: but just doing some trade firstly
0: <laughs> what was Bobby Dazzler studying at TAFE because imagine you're down at TAFE you know <laughs> doing your carpentry course or whatever you're doing down at TAFE is that, is that a... uh, the best player in the <laughs> AFL three years in a row do you reckon <laughs> next to me at Tafe? I mean, you can't really imagine many of your current AFL players going, you know, what in between training sessions and like coffees down on you know Chapel yeah. Street in Melbourne.
1: Well, they did—they do a bit of education outside yeah. of, but certainly not getting the tram TAFE. home on Brownlow night. No, I don't, I don't think anyone tapped Nat Fife last year and said, "By the way, I By think the way. I think you might have just won the Brownlow medal."
0: Hey mate, I know on Monday night you've got Tafe, <laughs> but. You're going to have one week off.
1: (laughs) Oh, dear. So, at the Bobby Skilton, and Uh one of the the parts of the night is they uh, congratulate the previous uh, number one ticket holder and welcome in the new, because the Swans have a thing where they roll it over. Rotation policy? Yeah. So, it used to be- Really? Yeah, yeah. There was a guy called, back when the Swans were in all sorts of trouble, uh, there were a group of guys who put in a million bucks each, Uh back when a million dollars was a lot of money. Right. Still enough money. To save- To save the club. club. And one of those guys called Peter Wynett was the number one ticket holder for a long time as a result. And he quite graciously said to the club, if you can get something out of this by letting other people have the position, I'd be happy to pass it on. Which is pretty awesome. Right. Just part of a really generous act to do. So they did that. And for quite a few years, it had been some pretty amazing fans who were, it'd be fair to say, were probably in the sort of autumn years of their time of
0: loving the club. And being
1: thanked for years of service.
0: Okay, well, that's good, though. That's a good thing to be a number one ticket holder. Great stuff. I like that.
1: Last year's club champ, uh, Duncan McPherson, the previous number one ticket holder, is up there on stage. Andrew Pridham, the boss of the uh, the chairman of the board, is there announcing who the next guy is going to be. I am emceeing.
0: Right, because you do a lot of their functions and all those sort of things, right? I'm seeing the
1: Bobby Skelton night like I do. I've got a script in front of me which has the name of the guy who's about to be announced as number one ticket holder. Oh, yeah. He comes up. I'm going to ask him a couple of questions like I do every year at this thing. Now, I must admit, the thought had crossed my mind. It's a bit weird. The guy they're giving it to this year is a director of the club. He's on the board as well. That's up to them. I wouldn't have normally thought you'd give it to a director, but so be it. He's a great guy. Ready to ask him questions. I mean, a bit of of an inside
0: job. To be honest, not, you know, I'm not going to bring up the compromise. I'm, I'm not, not going to. This isn't Four Corners. No, i not going to question the club. Off no, they go. Exactly. Make ha- your own decisions. Halfway through Andrew
1: Prudham's introduction of uh-huh. this guy, he starts saying some stuff that doesn't really sound... sound
0: like this guy? No. What sort of stuff?
1: Oh, just more, you know, really scientific. Really, oh, yeah.
0: not a guy that you would normally say was like known for being really scientific. No, oh, no. Okay. And then, right.
1: the, then the the boss man um cracked a prime numbers joke, oh. and I thought this is quite weird. Yeah. And then he said the number one ticket holder for twenty sixteen will be Adam Spencer, and I like had ne-
0: so a proper surprise.
1: Genuinely gobsmacked, as if someone had smacked me in the gob. Okay, like reeled back. Everyone cheering, which is lovely. Waves of nervousness and uh oh. And then I walk out and uh stunned and, and say, so, look, unfortunately we're a bit behind on time tonight, so I'm not going to be able to interview myself as I normally would at this stage, but this is a humbling honour and off we go. And I've been number one ticket holder since then and I will be until the new one is announced. Until it. you this pass it over. Camp. Yeah. But Although the...
0: technically, will you be hosting that night? Yeah. Yeah, so you're still hosting the gigs. Even as number one ticket holder, the... you're still hosting the and gigs. I could stall it. I mean, you could not hand it over. Yeah. Like, well, the, it, the, you could filibuster.
1: Well, the funny thing is, because amongst your number one, it's completely random, the impact, the, the year, you'll take it any year, completely right. random how the club goes that year, but it's a badge of honour amongst number one ticket holders as to how... Right the club goes in your year. So Well, when, it's
0: like a, as in players, one of the things they say in the AFL is you respect somebody who wins a best and fairest in a premiership year. Yeah, exactly. Right? So and Phil- so if you're the number one ticket holder, Philippa Power, 2012, right? all other number one ticket holders sure. look at Philippa Power. <laughs> just a, a
1: nod and a wink. And, uh, you know, in the absolutely perfect world, if the Swans went all the way this year, yes. there'd be there'd be a special moment where Philippa Power and I would sit down over a glass of something and just say, yeah, well yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Other people don't understand. I know what
1: it's like. But we know yeah.
0: what it's like. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That, I mean, it's really exciting. And it is, a, I, I didn't realize they had it on like a yearly roster. I yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. I, I encourage a lot of other clubs to get involved because yeah. I think I could get on a yearly roster. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, but do you then look at your year of like, is it like, I'm going to put my stamp on this this year? Like, am I, you know, people are going to remember when Adam Spencer was number one ticket holder at the club? It's interesting because I've probably been the only one. Go to it- press conferences and go, I'll take this, yeah. Andrew. <laughs> Uh, I got this one, horse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it, and it, it's been, and what's been great about it. So I've gone to practically every. Didn't get across to Frio. Yeah. But been to practically every game, home and away this season. And like, I love the team. You love your team and all that sort of stuff. But when you meet people, so when I was in Adelaide, there was a fan function before the Adelaide game. I met some Swans fans from Broken Hill. Mm. Now it turns out from Broken Hill to Adelaide is only a nine-hour drive. Oh. Broken Hill to the SCG, more like 12 and a half. Right. So these Swans fans in Broken Hill drive to the Adelaide game to watch the Swans play because they save three hours on each
0: trip. I mean, that's fair enough. If, you, if you're if you putting in nine already, I feel oh, like shaving three off. Isn't that awesome? I mean, the other thing is, though, I mean, I think... I, I would definitely, if I'm driving that far, go to games. I, I'd be happy on the way home. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily be picking on distance. I'd be going, okay, look, you know what? Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval, well, that's going to be like a hard drive home. Whereas, like, you know what? I think we I think Gold Coast at the SCG yeah, exactly. will enjoy those 12 hours. Yeah, because
1: <laughs> hypothetically, if you're driven from Broken Hill to Adelaide this year and seen us lose by just over a kick with Eddie Betts pushing Nick Smith in the back 15 well, well, metres I, out of the I feel coming. what
0: you're saying right, right now is racist. Yeah.
1: But... <laughs> That would have been a tough nine hours home. I'll tell you an interesting AFL drive that's just happened. Okay. So Colin O'Reard, an Irish guy who's playing in the Swans' reserves mm-hmm. and is really getting the hang of the game pretty quickly, was playing up in uh, against the Northern Territory Thunder the other day. Okay. And in a smashing impact, a Lung, can't fly, can't fly. back. Yep. Dennis Carroll, club welfare officer, flies to Darwin, drives him back. Really? Four days... 12 hours a day of Dennis Carroll and one other guy driving, 6 a.m. till 6 p.m., 4,100 kilometres for this Irish guy who's only ever seen Ireland and pretty much Sydney, Canberra, Gold Coast, Nefil living style.
0: Now he's got to drive across Ireland three times He was or whatever. freaking out on how Probably far. Probably Six
1: hours, north, top, top to bottom right. of Ireland. He was going top to bottom of Ireland and back each day. Right for four days, 95% of which is just death, wasteland, desert. Not You don't even see animals, let alone human beings. As
0: he struggles to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Australia.
1: With a punctured love. (laughs) And Dennis Carroll just talking him through the tough times in the 1980s. I
0: reckon that'd be one of those times where he's going, hey, you know what? I'm pretty happy in Sydney. (laughs) Yeah. Really like living in Sydney. (laughs) Or
1: County Cork.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Or... Uh, so tell me about uh, your love of the, like the swans. Where did that come from? Because you're not a Victorian, no. Nope. Uh, and AFL, even when we worked together back in the day, you were you know you certainly followed the AFL, mm. but you weren't. I wouldn't have said. Uh, you know, like it wasn't your number one sport or anything like that. So your kind of love for the Swans came a little bit later. What what was it that kind of really so got I, you passionate came, about it?
1: I came from a hardcore rugby league family. Mm-hmm. I grew up in sort of Gladesville in Sydney, and there's a team called Balmain, which are now called the Wests Tigers, but one of the foundation old blue-collar rugby league clubs on a suburban ground. And my dad just obsessed with Balmain and all that sort of stuff. And uh, so I grew up rugby league. The first game of AFL I ever saw in the really late 70s or very early 80s was Carlton versus St. Kilda Uh at the SCG, which my dad just took me along as something interesting to watch. I said, okay, I'll support the team in black, which turns out was actually a very dark blue. Right. And they won that day. So I sort of notionally followed Carlton a little bit.
0: Right. As much as I cared in the, about that If somebody Aval- asked you, do you have a team, you would say Carlton.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then didn't really follow the Swans when they moved to Sydney, had a distant relationship, watched a bit of AFL. Uh, and then in our time on Triple J, the Swans started an ambassador's program and reaching out to people. And they asked me to come on board, which I did, and started watching it a bit more. Met a few of the guys, really started to like it there. CG, a beautiful place to watch footy. Yep. Still had this residual used to follow how Carlton were going thing. I'd been to a couple of big games in Melbourne where Carlton had played in big semis and all that, got quite into the whole theatre of it. And I remember one day at the SCG, Carlton practically never played in Sydney. Right. They always used to trade the game. And so I notionally supported Carlton, but had seen him play twice in a decade and then really started to fall for the Swans, and the Swans played Carlton finally one day at the SCG. And I was pretty sure I was a Swans fan by now, but I didn't really, I'd never seen them face off uh-huh. or anything. Now you'll know. And I found This myself- is the final
0: time where, you, like, you know, it's like the new girlfriend and oh, yeah. the, the ex-girlfriend, yep. and now they're in the same room, yep. and you've got to work out where and, your loyalty is actually lie.
1: Suddenly <laughs> I'm there watching, and suddenly my ex-girlfriend kicks a goal in the second Uh, quarter and I find myself just screaming a torrent of abuse at my my (laughs) ex-girlfriend Brendan Pavola. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? Your ex girlfriend had done some things. Oh, yeah. That were really making you suspect that she wasn't as good for you as you thought. I think
1: she understood why I'd moved on. <laughs> and I suddenly realized I'm totally into this new chick. Yeah. I'm
0: really comfortable yeah, with this feel new like, girl. Yeah, I feel like this new no dickheads policy yeah. is really working. I love her and I think
1: she loves me back too. I think that's, yeah. No, so it's, it's, it's
0: very interesting with Fev because Fev, uh, Fev, that was around peak dickhead for Fev. Mm. You know, I mean, all coming into peak dickhead where he was like a brilliant player, but he was really starting to like, you know, go off the rails. Yeah. I, um, Fev off, like, offered to fight me one time on, uh, on Twitter. Like, as in, like, you know, cause I, again, I, I I'm going to tell the rest of this story. So, but, uh, the tweet was there would be a story about somebody who had returned a library book after forty years or yeah, something, and, yep. I, and I said in other news, uh Brendan Favola donates his first dollar to MS Readathon. There you go. Now I at the time thought it was just a little simple eh. joke. I love an MS Readathon yeah, reference. That's right. all. I, that's yeah, all it really was. But he got up,
1: across barriers,
0: right? Yeah. But he got upset about it, and mm-hmm. I was a bit on enemy list. I ran into Fev like about six months ago after he got back from the island, and he was doing some radio down in Melbourne, and we sat down and we had a chat, and he. I've never met anyone who's changed more than he is. Like, yeah. he genuinely does seem like he's, like, a lovely guy now and yeah. kind of has a perspective on how it all got out of control back then. So that's kind of nice. Like, I, I, I'm glad to see that because I think you see sometimes those players, they just keep getting worse and worse. I oh, mean, yeah. you saw Mark Jacko Jackson on yeah. Open Mic and, Al- and you know, Fev could have gone that way and it's kind of nice that he hasn't. I, yeah. was, I was really happy about that. I was that.
1: listening to Junk Time, the other AFL podcast you guys talk about regularly just the other day and the latest one of that and Teagan, you can Botham, yep. who did her stage show about Fever, touched of by Fever. Yeah, and she talked about meeting him and reflecting on exactly the same uh, thing—a guy who's aware of the troubles he's had and seems to be uh, moving on.
0: Yeah, it was good. So uh, then, so Sydney, like, Sydney. when did you get really serious about it? Then,
1: uh, so I met and became decent mates with Jude Bolton mm-hmm. around oh three oh four, and that sort of personal connection into the guys and the culture and all
0: that. Good, good guy responds to direct message tweets very doesn't quickly
1: doesn't he sock
0: gate. <laughs> happy to love happy it. to answer sock related questions
1: yeah yeah well but so and so the only challenge not challenge the only the interesting thing for me in my time of the swans is and, and what's amazing about the club and what i love is the way that they have defied that theory that every Six years or so, you really need to miss the eight for a couple of years and bottom out and restock and come back in. Um, so I've been blessed to watch them at a time that's been overwhelmingly,
0: at least reasonably successful. They haven't had really a bad season in the last 20 years. No. I mean, but they can't. They, I mean, they, as much as any other club in the competition, are ones who completely understand what their job is. Hmm. That's the thing I th- always admire about Sydney is they understand that there are Melbourne clubs who can bottom out. And Ross Lyon, even with Freo, he's clearly gone. We can bottom out and take advantage of a better draw next year and some good draft picks and stuff. But if you do that in the Sydney market, even now, even after the continued sustained success of the Swans, it will hurt both the Swans and the competition. It's why the AFL like have given GWS ridiculous concessions. Like, ridiculous. Because... They need them to be super successful. Mm. Not just successful enough, no. but they need to be super successful.
1: One of the things that we've been very excited about in the club this year and under my number one ticket
0: holdership. holdership yeah, the uh, Adam Spencer year.
1: Exactly. Uh, record membership ever. We're yeah. up to about fifty six thousand. Oh, man, I feel like that's you. Thousand. I feel like
0: there was a few of those people who were wavering on like, A lot well, of people well, getting on
1: the Spence train.
0: They're like, you know what? I'm almost across the line. I feel like they're yeah. good for the finals. I yeah, like Buddy.
1: Buddy's done it. But it's
0: who's number one ticket holder?
1: Count me in. Okay. Count me in. But the... But, but the I remember I remember a couple of years ago, about eight years ago, we went down to the MCG and played Melbourne and played terribly and lost by 70-odd points and no disrespect to Melbourne at a time when it was not acceptable to lose to Melbourne by that sort of a margin. Mm-hmm. They were not great and had not been for quite a
0: while. So pretty much any time before this year.
1: And I saw this article <laughs> in the paper that said, you know, with a great win by the D's, a couple more wins like that between now and the end of the season... And you'll see membership jump back up above 50,000 and everything will be right. And good luck to them. But to have a club where you could consistently underperform for quite a while and be only two decent games away from getting back over 50,000 members is just a completely different environment to that which the Swans inhabit.
0: I mean, with all due respect to Richmond, over 70,000 members this year for a team that hasn't won a final yeah yeah. like in 20 years you know it's and so when some people in the
1: afl talk about uh level playing fields and things like that there's a lot of different aspects to a a playing field and what makes it level or not and if you are lucky enough to just receive rivers of gold in memberships each year from a fan base that you could argue don't really hold you particularly accountable
0: for how you go on the field
1: that's you know that's and that's an aspect of whether a playing field's level
0: or not. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, and like, obviously Collingwood has a natural advantage and the mm. Western Australian clubs and the Adelaide clubs have that advantage because they can sell out their stadium before the season starts. You have a guaranteed amount of money and you know, facilities and all those sort of things. But it's also the nature of this. Like, I mean, I, I love sometimes when people try to pretend like the AFL is in any way like an equal competition. Yeah. It can't be. Yeah. It's so, like literally every bit, like you get, you can get paid more to be in different cities, which may be equal, may not. Some have academies, mm. some don't. Like the draw is not a draw. It's a fixture. You can play the bottom teams more. Like, you know, yeah. some, te- some teams played Essendon and Brisbane twice yeah. this year. Yeah. That's not equal. So, you know, some have-
1: Melbourne based teams consider playing at Eddie had. <clears throat> Travel.
0: Right. I mean, yeah. Or, or some clubs have to play at Eddie Head all their games, yeah. even though we have a good record there, but we make no money there. Yeah. So we're stuck in this like horrible deal that we got forced with and can't put any of that money back into our club. I mean, mm. it's 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 completely not equal mm. all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. all the time.
1: But I, I love, so when, you know, through no fault of our own, we were able to run our club in a way that we could afford to sign... Kurt Tippett and Buddy Franklin. Right. Now, as though if any other club had the chance to sign those two and could afford it, they
0: wouldn't or whatever. Oh, and, and the other thing, though, that people have to reconsider about that is Tippett's not that good. I mean, as in, like, they always get booked together, like, yeah. oh, look at what Sydney were able to do. They mm. were able to get Tippett. And, I mean, Tippett is a very quality mm. player, and up until when he got injured this year, I think was probably having his best season, you no. know. But it's not like you got two buddies. No. You got a guy who's probably not even top fifteen players in the league. You know, then you might be able to start debating where he is in the rest of it. But yeah. it's not like you got two top five players, no. or like GWS have got like you know, yeah, yeah. like talking <laughs> about top ten, <laughs> like top ten drafts and stuff. I mean,
1: but when that 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 gets rolled then into all this salary cap scandal, and I, you know, I am happy to say with the only salary cap scandal is that an insert name of six or so clubs spend their cap,
0: right. On who? Well, that's the the problem is that they're forced to. Yeah, like I mean, that is the problem for most of it. Is if you are a team that shouldn't be play- I mean, that the problem that's been the problem with what's been happening at Brisbane mm. is you've got all these guys on extremely overinflated salaries because they have to spend their cap and because they had to keep them because they wanted to leave.
1: And when you're talking some clubs who've had you know extended, long term, not meeting the expectations they'd set for themselves. Must be guys at those clubs laughing themselves to sleep because they're on five or six hundred a year, they wouldn't get a game at a lot of other clubs.
0: I mean, that's it, it is ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, they the thing out of Geelong, and I don't know if this because there was a bit of talk about you know Dangerfield and what mm. he was getting paid, but it's the message has come out of Geelong that they've never paid a player over a million dollars and they still are not. So, if you think about that, Geelong, that superstar team through that time, like you know. That's that's what you do. You pay. Mm. You know, you've got to like furnish out your list. There'll be guys at Geelong, you know, superstars at Geelong, premiership superstars at Geelong, who are getting paid less than some dude rocking around at Brisbane, mm. not getting a kick at Brisbane. You know, it's mm. not an equal competition, yeah, <laughs> <it's not. laughs> Uh, What has been your you know highlight of uh, this year as like a Swans? Like you know, I mean, I think I know. Mean, I've been saying yeah. for a few weeks now that I think they are. Rightfully now, the flag favourites. Like, I mean, it's still one of those years where it could be anyone, still. Like, I mean, that's the great thing about it. Mm. Coming into the finals, it is. I mean, and with North retiring, like those four legends. Ooh. Oh, let's talk about that just Ooh. for a second because, um, Charlie and I obviously didn't get to talk about it because it happened yeah. yesterday. But Boomer Harvey, uh, gone. Yeah. Uh, Nick del, Rito, Santo, gone. del Santo, gone. I mean, that's, and the a week and well, two weeks before the finals, really.
1: And when we went, I went to the Hobart game. In uh, Hobart, have you ever, have you
0: ever seen the footy down at Blundstone on the television? It's that seems like the least cold place to do it.
1: <laughs> well, and the thing was, the local Hobart crew were telling us, "Oh, you're lucky today. This isn't too bad." <laughs> and it, it, didn't, it didn't. I do
0: the... like there's an old fashioned like some days you get down there an old fashioned like gale one way, the like the one way gale. Breeze. Love like, it. I do st- love a sixteen. You've got to start it from
1: outside the point yeah. post and just it's like putting on the fourteenth and just drifting. And and it's little things like that. Like clearly. Like their guys kick really accurately down right. there, and and they they were good, and we we got there, and it felt like a game that I would have been disappointed if we'd lost, but really could have, and we were just holding on. Boomer kicked Boomer three goals, two got almost thirty touches, clearly their best player.
0: He's I he, I mean he'll be top five in their best and Ferris again this year. I I it will not surprise me. The only thing that will stop it. Is the fact that he has played all his career at one club? Yeah. But it would not surprise me at all if a team had it. If he wanted to play another year or two of football, I mean, even at 39, there are teams that could definitely do with a Boomer Harvey.
1: Mate, he would have got a hip Well, people are saying that we are there or thereabouts in the competition this year. Yeah. He would have got a run on our team. Yeah. He would get a game at the Swans, days ago. right?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if the Swans could yeah you know, have him in their pocket, like going into the finals, oh. yeah, you'd be happy with that. Small you wouldn't
1: ground the SCG Boomer. Loves kicking goals. Oh.
0: And, I mean, he's still in, you know, a really pretty good touch. He had a couple of bad games this season, but, gee, if you compare it to the rest of them. So did a lot
1: of guys under the age of 38. Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, that was big. I mean, everyone seems to be, almost everyone seems to be saying, three out of those four we can understand. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I reckon Del Santo might, like, see if he could go around again. But he's also one of those players that I think, time catches up to really quickly. Mm. And Ferrito, to be honest, he was retired three years ago. I mean, this has been his encore. Yeah. I mean, I think he he's an obvious one. And Petrie, I think, even though he's expressed some desire to go around another time, I think what this year showed was, it might but be. His desire it's, you know, it's, in- it's over. I think it's probably time for Drew. And if you've got Magic Door there, you're gonna. if you think there is any potential in Magic, and I reckon he's shown enough to think that there might be. You've got to give him a chance to play.
1: The one-on-one battle magic door on Aaliyah Aaliyah down in Hobart on the weekend was fantastic. And like two really physical boys uh, going at each other
0: without. It's sad that that wasn't the story out of the weekend about the racial diversity rather than the Eddie Betts banana thing. Oh, mate, they were. Uh, and and because what a great story for the AFL. Matt, and what I mean, it's amazing to watch. It scares me a little bit sometimes because here's the thing about Australia that we're discovering at the Olympics and stuff now is we're really mostly only good at sports that other people don't do. Yeah, that's they're our key demographics.
1: Turns out, unfortunately, if other countries take things seriously, yeah,
0: women's rugby sevens. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we're great at that. I yeah, I mean, we, that's essentially what we are. And there will be a point that if AFL becomes an international game, that yeah. we will suddenly realise that the best AFL players in the world may not be born in Geelong or, or born the, in, you
1: when, know... When the 10-kilometre when the uh, open water swimming at the Olympics is won by a guy from the Netherlands, that suggests that, you know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's diversity out there. There wouldn't, there wouldn't be ten kilometres of open water in the Netherlands.
0: I remember mean, that's good how you, that's doing. how you get really good at it because yeah. if you have to, if you actually want to swim somewhere, you have to swim a long distance. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but it was it was an awesome matchup. I mean, uh, you know, Alir is physically impressive. I mean, Maj- he has been amazing. Jack's slightly taller, a little bit more muscly. Alir, slightly more football smarts. and they were just on each other. alir has been great.
0: I mean, he's. I think he's been the the real surprise packet for yeah. Sydney this year. Is like he's come in and just immediately looked like he was born to play AFL football.
1: Well, the, yeah. The word from one of the coaches when they picked him was he's just playing too well to play in the reserves. Right. I did a function earlier in the year, one of the ladies lunches down in Melbourne, and oh yeah,
0: what's a ladies' lunch? Is it just a lunch that has ladies at it, or is there specific like ladies' lunch type themes?
1: No, I. So I've done the Sydney and the Melbourne okay. ladies' lunch. Different? Are they? Yeah, different? very different. Okay. The, the Sydney one is probably more. There's Women, all the women there support the swans, uh-huh. but they're probably just as much or more into the social nature of the occasion. Sure. Getting up to the back with the Napoleon Purtis massage and sure. you, know, you know uh hand criminal. More is. of a
0: Sydney experience. Whereas in the Melbourne one yeah. the women love Hardcore Footy fans. Love <laughs>
1: Love their footy. Yeah. There were uh, and there was one of the guests who was being interviewed from the media um, declared his support for a, a different club and saying how much he's really enjoyed his role because he gets to meet all the guys from insert name of club here. And possibly the discussion went a little bit long in that direction about how much he enjoys meeting the guys from his club. And I heard a woman at the table behind me intimate to another woman, this is fucking bullshit. Yeah.
0: Let's up, talk mate. about
1: the swans. Yeah, <laughs> That was her direct quote at the ladies' lunch. I'm going, I love
0: you. This is fucking bullshit. <laughs> Get back to the swans, mate. And ain't a free man or function, Tiger.
1: <laughs> but at the um at that, so I'd um it was the day after the Geelong game. Yeah, been to Geelong, great game. I'd given Jake Lloyd a lift from the Geelong game back to because he was one of the guests at the ladies' lunch, and uh when he got there, he was talking to someone and he's chatting from talking about one of the players and uh, that player's nickname, um which is Shandy. Now, and I'm thinking, well, Shandy, obviously, a beer with lemonade and sure. you know, half-strength drink. So, obviously, they've gone out for a night on the town. and one of the guys. And has then said, he's
0: gone, can I have some lemonade in my beer? I'll have a mineral water, please.
1: Oh, well, good on you, Shandy. Good on you,
0: Shandy. No. no. Sh-
1: Shandy Allier. Chandelier. Oh! As
0: in a large candelabra.
1: What an awesome nickname. He's ever Shandy Allier. I
0: love it. <laughs> I mean, that's. That's pretty good. I've got to be honest. with you. I'll them. take that. Yeah, I mean, because I would have thought with a Lear Lear, the double name. Yeah, yeah. That's w- that would would be where you would yeah. go for your nickname, Bro Bro,
1: right, mate, mate. But no, Shandy,
0: Shandy could be
1: Shandy, Shandy. For all could I know, could be Shandy. <laughs> I do just quickly. I do. I remember this is slightly off topic on the footy, but remember our good friend Tom Gleeson, yeah. And when he was starting out in the uh, comedy thing, the regular spots with our thing on Triple J, and he did that tour where he went around Australia finding nicknames.
0: Oh, yes, yes. And and,
1: Mm -hmm. and he was trying to assemble his best ever nicknames, and his favourite nickname off the entire tour was a guy who'd lost three fingers Mm -hmm. in like a sawmilling or industrial accident, and that guy's nickname was The Clock. Mm -hmm. And when Tom asked him why, The Clock... One big hand, one, one little, little hand. hand. The clock. And no one loved the clock as a nickname more than the clock.
0: I think the thing with the <laughs> clock, though, and this I do, I think Tom and I have spoken about this, but the clock, it wasn't the same guy, but the nickname, the clock, was I think if you have missing fingers from one hand, you get the nickname, The Clock, because there is more than one The Clock. Because oh. I because I grew up in a timber town, yeah, Hayfield, okay. and there was a guy in Hayfield whose nickname was The Clock, similar thing. Don't know if it was the same amount of fingers. Okay. Don't know if it was like, you know, but certainly fin- I think once your fingers are gone, yeah, okay. they A, take you to the hospital and B, oh, by the way, mate, your nickname's now The Clock. In
1: fact, pro- <laughs> probably, probably what happens is that when you're recovering in yeah. the hospital and it's all quite traumatic... Probably part of that process, process. You get a, you'll get you get a random visit from some guy. Right. Just okay, get... Patch Adams. Do you mind if I come in for a second, mate? Yeah, no trouble at yeah. all. Oh, my name's Peter. How are you going? Look, I heard yeah. about your accident. Um, mm. just wanted to say, and then he'll lift his own hand up and say, 12 years ago myself, mate, you know, you'll right. be fine. Can't play the piano anymore, but blah, blah, blah. You're going to be all
0: right, brother. Hey. Clock, clock,
1: and then passes it on and welcomes him into that a community. new clock.
0: You're now part of a clock community. Congratulations! Hands him a clock.
1: Exactly. Anytime here's a one eight hundred number. Right. Anytime you need. Anytime. Yeah. We meet. <laughs> we meet once a year. Once a
0: year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> At this restaurant that serves re- you know, really yeah. easy to use easy. cutlery. It's fine. Yeah.
0: Anytime. Anytime. The clock continues uh how do you feel um who, who do you feel is the biggest threat to the swans if you is there a team that you're you know kind of worried about is there a team that you think is a bogey team for you like how do you know having it's looked- been a weird
1: season yeah. for us because we've lost one game convincingly gws at gws they beat us by about 40 points it's pretty close till half time. Tippett went down they ran over the top of us in a way that watching they quite possibly could have even if he'd played. Uh-huh. But we've only, we've lost one game convincingly this season when our best player in a key position player went down and we were very hard to cover. Everything else we've lost we've lost close. Some of them like against your guys and against yeah, Richmond kick. yeah we probably shouldn't have lost. I'm not saying that's where we are. So it's really hard to get a read on it. It is it's
0: always a bit hard to tell in those <laughs> moments isn't it because like the Swans have lost the couple by a kick and Hawthorne have won a couple by a kick, yep. which means that each of, if each of those are gone the other way, you're seeing a very different, like, you know, ladder. Like if, if the, so it is always a bit hard to tell. go, where are they at?
1: Before, before Hawthorne lost a couple in a row, you had a situation where if that umpire's interpretation of the protected zone had been more in accordance with the guy who wrote the rule <laughs> the day after in the media, than his own interpretation, which is completely free. make, we would have been top Hawthorne would have been fifth. Blah, blah. So it's, coming down to it. I I don't want to upset anyone and I wouldn't want this getting back to the club who I'm about I but if 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 we were gonna, if we were playing the grand final at the MCG,
0: yep, that's where it play, they play it. Yeah, okay. Let's say they play yep. it there this year at the MCG yeah, this year. We're trying to I get, think it's this year. Try to get it moved. We're trying to get try it. Try to get moved to the SCG. the SCG.
1: We're close, but there's nothing guaranteed at the moment. That will that will be my true legacy. Yeah. Uh,
0: Do you know Adam Spencer got the grand yeah, final at yeah. the SCG? Remember
1: that year that Geelong lost because they didn't turn up. They Mate, in To yeah.
0: be honest, if you guys play JWS in the grand final, you might as well fucking have it at the yeah. SCG. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, Hawthorne, remarkably hard there. West Coast don't travel well. Who knows about Adelaide traveling there? Geelong, I feel we've possibly got covered.
0: Okay, that's good, because I reckon Geelong, at their best, are still probably the one that could win it, that beat you. Like because, But I don't know if they consistently produce their best. There is a long way between their best and their worst. When they're flying, they're so hard to stop, but when they're not... Adelaide, I reckon, is the danger team. Adelaide, and Adelaide, Adelaide are pretty good really at the MCG. Adelaide, they, yeah. they, they don't fear the MCG. They've no. done fine there. They've got good history there.
1: And when people say Hawthorne out in front of Flown under the radar, Adelaide are flying under the teams, flying under the radar. No one's noticed that they're just really, really consistently winning with good forwards of different sizes, including a couple of really big blokes. And the thing that was interesting, when we played Geelong, I mean, no disrespect, they're a good team, but... The teams that tend to stand up in the really big games, like your Hawthorne, feel like they've got seven or eight guys who right. on the day could say, fuck it, I don't care, I'm winning this game for my team. Yeah. And the one thing I wonder about Geelong, Selwood and Dangerfield, exceptional, who could do that. If you shut either, If you really shut one of those two down, who's your fourth or fifth guy from Geelong who's going to say, I've got this. Sorry, mate, you can't stop me today. Adelaide's got four or five. Hawthorne's got, depending, you know, quite right. a few. I, th- I feel we've got more than two.
0: Yeah, I mean, they would hope that on their day it's, you know, it's Motlop or Menzel or those sort of guys. But you're right. That is, the, I think, the difference between them. That said, you know, Dangerfield and Selwood, if they're on. <laughs> if, yeah. you ca- if you can't stop either of them, no. then it's a whole whole different situation. But, yeah, I mean, Adelaide... Adelaide look I mean Adelaide look really good. It would yeah. not surprise me at all if it was an Adelaide Swans grand final and that would be a pretty decent game of football. I feel
1: for your guys because I mean it's a pretty tight season if your guys have been fully fit and unaffected by some pretty bad injuries all season. Uh, I reckon we'd be
0: flag favorites. I, I, honestly, I honestly do because we're we're literally only a game away from it yeah. now and if you look at the amount of injuries that we've had this season it's absolutely crazy. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. absolutely crazy. I you know I I I think they still think they can win. Yeah. And that's the best thing about it too, is to. because every time someone goes down, someone else steps up and we mm. got have got depth at the club like we've never had in the whole time that I've been following uh yeah. the footy. But anyway, I just and, I and think cra- we've been injured too many too many people have been injured.
1: The crazy buy is gonna be with him and you win
0: you It win. helps us. This is this is Oh, Ramona. If, uh this is the one year where I am really genuinely like, Oh yeah. Miney, come here. Come here.
1: She doesn't agree with you. She thinks I right. can. She thinks I can still do it. Well, she's a member. Oh, there you go. So she's allowed to
0: have her opinion. Come up
1: but here. But the yeah, because um, you know fans would know this weird thing you're going to have where if you're in the top four and win your first final. Right. You got
0: two, you've had two weeks off
1: you're playing a preliminary having played one game in maybe the last 30 days
0: right and the thing with the bulldogs is because of our injuries we really need that week. exactly our reserves are still playing in the vfl so we can still be running people through and getting that going yeah, yeah it's the one year where that suits us oh yeah what we really need is rob murphy to make a miraculous comeback in the finals <laughs> i'm still not beyond <laughs> him just like at least even just hobbling out like that scene from the princess bride sure where like you know he's it's essentially he's been most Dead all day, yeah, yeah. and they drag him, but everyone's just afraid anyway. I just want to weaken Bernie's him out there <laughs> just to intimidate the uh, the opposition.
1: Well, that was one of the things we were saying. You know, is there any? You know, could Teddy Richards get a beautiful SCG farewell this weekend and all that, which would be wonderful. And I haven't heard anything or seen any team list yet or anything like that. But one reason you couldn't is whoever sits out for him, right? Well, then play, play one for... game in 35 37 days, right? If we won our first final, and you just—you can't have someone playing one game in a month and a half.
0: Could Teddy Richards just come out like and toss the coin or something? I mean, is that demeaning? <laughs> I'll tell you—I'll
1: tell you a true story. My, uh-huh. So my first official duty as number one ticket holder, right. opening game of the season, Swans Collingwood. They told me in advance. You'll be tossing the coin. Mm-hmm. I saw
0: this. I saw you toss the coin. So
1: excited! So I'm down.
0: Your own coin, or do they provide the coin? I'm heading down. Okay, they've
1: grabbed me from the pre-match function. I do, and I'm heading down now. I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah,
0: had you done any practicing of tossing the coin beforehand? No,
1: I'd back. No, I'd. I'd, You
0: back the fact that you could just toss a coin without having practiced tossing a coin? When was, was the last time you would have tossed the coin?
1: Probably just explaining some probability. Sure, so
0: you actually do occasionally bring out a coin to prove probability to
1: somebody. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Okay, so you feel like you're in good coin tossing form.
1: Yeah, and coin-tossing too.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, both, yeah. Well, that was the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) that sentence landed the opposite side. And so, uh, and I I
1: assume it would be some nice, it's the first game of the season, commemorative little coin the umpire will give you and you might even get to keep it or whatever. But on my way down, I do just say to someone, can I grab 20 cents? Just in case. I, you know,
0: Let's have know. a spare coin, yeah. a backup coin.
1: Get down there, get walked out, meet the umps in the middle, and one of them says to me, you did bring a coin, didn't you? And I went, yeah, yeah, no, I've got one. of And he goes, oh, good, because some fucking idiots forget.
0: Right. But they, <laughs> did, but they didn't tell you, though, right? No, they didn't say, hey... No. Oh, but by the way, if bring I, your own coin. If
1: I hadn't put that in my pocket, I was about to be that B- idiot.
0: Byoc. And then the great thing that was
1: wonderful about it. So it was. uh that, Yeah, tell me who was there. Kieran Jack and Scotty Pendlebury. Okay. And Pendle's comes over early. Right. Kieran's just still doing something. He comes over and he puts his hand and goes, "Scott, Adam Spencer, nice to meet you." Yeah, Scott, mate, nice to meet you too. And I said, "You yeah, know, good luck out there today, mate." And he just <laughs> he goes, "It's all right, mate. I know you don't fucking mean it." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that was
0: wonderful. He was right, though.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. That's he it. He's from
0: Sale, <laughs> was, Scott Penwillbury. <laughs> it
1: grew
0: was, up in the mean streets of it Sale. Was really, uh, uh, so classy, it was really so classy, decent. Who, thing. I've never really thought about this, but now I want to know who calls? Is it home or away who calls, or is there a standard, or do they just decide it between themselves?
1: I was concentrating pretty intensely on the tossing. Yeah, so right. I think the umpire, the umpire offered it to one of them. Okay. Uh, I don't know who it was.
0: All right. I wonder Um, if there is a standard. You'd think it would be like maybe the away team gets the call, right?
1: I know we we lost. Oh, you lost the toss. We lost the toss, and I had had a tremor.
0: I mean, did you walk back with a little... Did
1: you see that great thing from the (laughs) NRL, the Rugby League, a couple of weeks ago? No. So they've played a game, and it's going into the golden point extra time, Uh and the referee tosses the coin, and you hear them come in, and you hear one guy say, okay, I'll call you. I'll call heads. Okay, tails. Comes down. And the ref goes, okay, it's tails. And the guy goes, tails goes, okay, we'll run that way. And the guy goes, heads go, we'll run that way. And the guy goes, no, you said heads. And the guy goes, no, I didn't. I said tails. <laughs> ref goes, what do you know? And they couldn't work it out, so they had to toss Retoss again. It, and then who won? The guy who had cheated, cheated won the second time. And that's actually important in Golden Point because you get the first kick off, Right. Blah blah blah, and he'd been all. And the guy, his opponent, said something about it after the game, and he denied it. Then they brought out the audio.
0: Yeah, because he th- did know they're recording that, yeah. right? <laughs> they literally have microphones on them.
1: And they were saying in a in a in a in a competition where they're going to the bunker about everything, right? Wouldn't it have been awesome if the ref... just, I'm going to stop you right yeah, there. Yeah, I'm just going to have to go bunker.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to have to get a replay on. uh We're unclear
1: here on who's the called heads. Can I? Yep. The
0: coin has been tossed. Yep, we, we, it has landed yep, Tails. It is a tail. I, I got, believe. On a clarification. Ref's decision is that it is this guy okay, who's called Tails. You. But
1: Thank you. And
0: yes. Yes.
1: And where do you draw the line on the... Acceptable cheating. The nebulous infringement of bringing the game into disrepute. Yep. Uh,
0: it's so funny, isn't it? Because it's... It's. I guess that's a. That one's a little bit like the walking in cricket, or the like. You know, like if the ball hasn't gone out of bounds and you take off, or the whatever. Is it? Because well, got... I don't know if it is. I feel like it is a little bit more than that. You've got professional I that, fouls. but I reckon that's what the person thought it was. Yeah. It's gamesmanship. Break it. But did it it's step ex- over? It, it's the...
1: It's accepted in sport that yeah. you can you can break rules. Right. I can hold your jumper, yeah. hoping the umpire won't see me because if I don't, you're going right. to mark that and I can't let you mark it, and I'll run that. Oh, I'm gone.
0: No. Okay. I mean, AFL in particular, rugby league as well, are games of, like, see what you can get away with. Exactly. The rules are there to be
1: <laughs> breached. And, and, and the cricket thing, it is up to the independent arbitration right. of an umpire. They'll get some right, they'll get some wrong. Everyone does.
0: Right. You don't have to walk.
1: Lying, saying I called tails
0: when you didn't,
1: is that is that a different... Social infringement to exploiting grey areas of a, that's just, that's lying to an official.
0: Right, but isn't it just seeing what you can get away with? Ah. Like in the same way as if, like, you know, you know, remember when Barry Hall punched out um, uh, Brett Staker? And, no, no, I don't you, recall No, that. Don't, don't no. Recall. Yeah. <laughs> You're not being called as a witness, no. mate. Okay. They, can't, they can't rub him out it's again. It's more than
1: seven years, isn't it? Right. Yeah, yeah we, it's, it's five. Smacked him. Smacked him.
0: Yeah. But my favourite moment of that ever was that bit where then when the umpire's running over and Barry Hall looks at him like what, like a seagull had run into his head or something and he'd just fallen over. Yeah. Like, I mean, there is an element of in AFL of like, I mean, get see what you can get away with. Every mm. time someone pushes someone in the back, they've never pushed them in the back mm. or held onto their jumper or mm. whatever. Like, I mean, they're all seeing what you can get away if with and unpo- then it's up to the uh, official to make their decision. Really, it's the official who should have just been like, no, 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 no. this guy said tails. We're not retossing it. I'm the official.
1: Oh, yeah, the, certainly. I don't think anyone disagrees. The referee should have been paying a bit more attention.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> so the, re- the, that, re- the referee's gone, we normally do this on the honour system, yeah, fucker. Yeah, that's the... Sur- I'm but, sorry. Yeah, but
1: if an official asks you a question, uh-huh. not, a, not, a, not in the course of the game. Sure. Right, but if an official asks you a question mm. and you lie... Yeah that's interesting.
0: I mean, probably a, like a, in the AFL, they would send a, uh, please explain. That's, <laughs> you always, you always firstly will get a, yeah. please explain. And then I reckon you might get a suspended fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. You probably wouldn't get like a, a real fine, but you get a suspended fine. You yeah. get a couple of editorials during the week about how it was poor sportsmanship. Well, that was the bizarre But I don't, I don't know if you would try to do that in the AFL. Well, That either. was the
1: bizarre thing. All, I loved about the Jordan Lewis getting off for clearly punching the guy mm. Because it, it flicked his shoulder on the way up right. and then careered into his
0: yeah. head. I was trying to punch him in the shoulder, mate. Well, that's the... Like,
1: <laughs> so you, there's a difference in the AFL between if an, an open-faced slap yep. is different to a punch. That's fine. And then so they say if you... So so if, if I go to bump you without trying to take the ball and through miscalculation I hit your head, yep. I'm gone because yes. I took that risk in choosing to go... If you punch a guy in the shoulder, yeah. if you knowingly clench a fist and punch him in the shoulder and as a result end up punching him in the face... is No, it,
0: you should be liable for that. You've taken Cause you've thrown the risk the pa- yeah. by clenching no, I your fist and... I absolutely agree with that. And it is the same thing with the bump. If you've taken the option not to stop down and tackle or whatever, if you had another option, and then even if you didn't want that, it becomes you've taken the risk and you have to deal with the consequences. No, I... I You had
1: the option not to clench your fist and punch him. Well,
0: I mean, I'm going to go a step further, and I know there'd be some people like listening to this who love a bit of biffo and all those sort of things, but I don't think you should punch people at all. Like, I don't understand what this weird fucking rule is in between. I've been punched in the stomach. it's It hurts. Like... That it's okay to punch guys in the guts, but it isn't let her punch them in the and face you, or the sh- like. Don't punch you, them at all. You
1: probably weren't no disrespect to when you were something in the hurt. It right. probably wasn't by someone with the same upper body strength.
0: Yeah, you, I mean, as but, your average although professional AFL player. I mean, as a comparison, your ability yeah, to
1: receive said punch exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, so
0: net impact. I'm going to take a guess without any evidence that most of the people in the AFL <laughs> have better abs than I have had yeah. at any stage okay. in my life. Yeah.
1: So you'd run the risk. <laughs> If, if, let's say, hypothetically, yeah. if uh, let's say if Luke Parker mm-hmm. did give you one in the guts... Gave me one in the guts. And you were sufficiently conscious to then turn around and give him one back... Yeah. The most likely outcome of all of that is you breaking I, your
0: wrist. Yeah, my hand and my tummy would hurt. That's what... I certainly wouldn't be able to do that thing where you <laughs> pat your head and you rub your tummy. That would be out for a very long time.
1: <laughs> What'd you do to your wrist? We had a guy at school yeah. who I played... For Soccer football with Paul Krillin, his younger brother, for some reason, had absurdly strong, hard stomach muscles. Like when he clenched, guys would stand there and, as hard as they could, right. punch and hurt themselves. He just had these, and he wasn't a particular athlete, and he didn't do 10,000 sit ups a day. He was just born with these steel cables. Running through his midsection that you could literally punch him as hard as you wanted.
0: I have incredibly sharp shins. Really? Like, I mean, I think abnormally sharp. Yeah. Like, everyone who ever touches them, like, comments on the fact that, like, they're, like, abnormally sharp. So I feel like, you know, I mean, if you want to, just, just have a, just like, see how sharp they are, right? They're pretty sharp, right?
1: It's almost as though they're, it's almost as though they're turned at an angle, turned more of a,
0: yeah, I don't know what that is, but I feel like that would be my weapon. Do you mean if I was an AFL player, I reckon my sharp shins would be just, I'd be constantly like leg-sweeping people and just, yeah. You know. well, if Luke e- Parker punched me in the guts, I'd come back at him with my super shins.
1: You could even, if you were defending, mm. or if you were the, in the back of someone, you yeah. could just, with an angle at your leg, just rub your leg up and right. across someone's calf.
0: Oh, I mean, yeah, exactly. Probably irritating. <laughs> they would be them. off with the blood rule. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I could start a fire on survival with these things. Uh,
1: have you, because it's well-documented the yeah. trouble you have with your hips. Yeah. Has anyone investigated? Have you got... Is, is there some is weird... shin-related hip pain? St-
0: I mean, look, that's a whole can of worms that you've opened there, but you may be uh, right. Those
1: angled shins just putting too much stress on stress. your midsection. I
0: mean, maybe it's my great ability that's led to my disability. <laughs> I mean, that would be the irony. Wouldn't it? Uh, all right. We should uh, finish this up because we're also going to record our other podcast... Well, my other podcast, Fofop, uh today. But um, I, I just wanted to get... My, before, because we've talked about this already... Um, I would love to get a little uh, look at um, what the other uh, like uh, roles of being the number one ticket holder are. You've talked to us about you've tossed the coin, you yeah. know. Um, what else? What else do you-, you go to functions? Obviously, but you were going to them anyway. Yes. Yeah, so what- what's is- your other number one stuff?
1: There is no official job description. Mm-hmm. You- it's one of those things you make your own job your own, right? And so i've I've not been to every single game of the season. Most previous number ones probably have or have been unavoidably overseen. Do they have
0: an emergency number one for when you haven't made it? I don't even like, know. like. Do they have someone who steps in for number one duties? Do even, they have a number two? I don't
1: even know who number two is. Right. Someone asked me the other day, yeah. and there would obviously, by definition, be someone, right? But I don't know if they would have ticket number two and have just permanently had it, right? I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's the rate at which you resign each year. No, it's I, just a permanent I number. Think you keep your number on the list, right?
0: They're like the Julie Bishop. They've, they've kind of been there under a lot of... But haven't really ever yeah, gone for number one.
1: Could be a number that might have been retired
0: right. years ago. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. No. Well, man, that, that'd be great if you did such a good job as the number one ticket holder. They retired the number <laughs> one.
1: <laughs>
0: Sorry, we only award number two now. Yeah. yeah.
1: Remember, remember the year they won yeah. and the number one ticket holder jumped the fence and kicked the winning... Right. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> and he actually lied. No, remember, remember the one... Yeah, he lied he, at the So we're going into the golden point extra time. Remember that? <laughs> And he swore (laughs) on a stack of Bibles that he'd called tales. Remember that?
0: Uh, Adam Spencer, it has been a pleasure talking to you on uh, Two Guys One Cup. Uh, Charlie and I will be back next week talking about the final round of football, and then we'll have the bye week, and then it's going to be finals. Uh, good luck to your Swans. Uh, if my team can't win it, I would be as happy as uh, to see the Swans win it as any other team. I think they are a good team. I mean, their midfield is amazing. Buddy's just a, a, an absolute pleasure the to facin- watch.
1: The fascinating thing also is because, as you know, whoever wins in September October is doing something different to what. They were doing May June. You have to. The team has to evolve in some way. There was that thing a couple of weeks ago when Buddy came back in the middle and got fifteen touches in the court. And I've got no idea, but that, if that's one of the little things up the sleeve, that's really interesting.
0: Well, it would also help Tippett play like forward a lot yeah. more, which is going to be what he'll have to do a bit because I actually think Tippett's best like playing ruck and then kind of drifting forward rather yeah. than. But because you know he's obviously been injured, he, he might have to spend. A little bit more time down What the one thing I,
1: And the one thing I do love, I'll just say quick before we go, I love because these guys are elite athletes, but I love watching a footballer coming back from injury. He's been out for a while and, and training hard to get back. Watching him, I'm happy to say because we ended up winning, but watching him halfway through the third quarter just hit the wall. Right. He
0: was Sucker, man.
1: buggered. And Buddy had hurt himself a bit, so I was trying to help with a bit of it and couldn't. And no, just, well, Buddy
0: can't get his hands above his head. It's amazing it, he's the best player in the game considering he can't lift his hands no, above his shoulders. But to
1: see a super elite athlete doing what they Sucking are trying to do, just thinking, actually, I could possibly beat you over 25 metres right now if you have to run it right,
0: right now. He was Yeah, if, he, abs- if, if we started the race right now. now- I. I I feel you. like I could get you oh. if I got the start.
1: Yeah, if I, if I had 30 minutes notice that we were right. starting right exactly. now. Exactly. If I, I
0: could... was warming up for 30 minutes and I waited until your moment of peak exhaustion might... and we started a race over, how far do you think you could beat him mm. before the fact that he's actually an athlete meant that he caught up to you?
1: Given that he wouldn't understand it was a race <laughs> right. until That's I was a few metres yeah. away. That's... Yeah, I, I, not 50. Not 50. Not 50. <laughs> 50. <Nah>. Mid-20s. <laughs>
0: Uh, do you have anything that you would like to plug? What about your books and stuff? Can we give them a plug? My
1: latest book, Adam Spencer's Time Machine, will be out in November. Oh, okay. A History of Human Thought. Hang on, what? Um, well, bits. Bits. Yeah, so we got, it starts with the uh, counting stick. They found this bone with grooves on it and goes all the way through to a mathematical proof earlier this year that used t- a computer-based proof that required 200 terabytes of data to get through. Right. If it took a single person to read this proof, it would take ten
0: billion years. Wow! So
1: it starts at the bone, finishes there, and just goes through human thought, science, mathematics, and just weird stuff that's happened in human history.
0: Okay, well that's really exciting.
1: AdamSpencer yeah. dot com if you want to sign copy. You know and
0: I mean? uh, do you have uh, like a social media and stuff that you like to tell people about, or do? You-
1: Adam B Spencer on Twitter, and I believe I'm on Instagram. <laughs>
0: That's also me on Instagram. Yeah. I tried it and then I went, this is not for me, but I haven't like stopped it. So it's still there. So if you want to know what I was doing six months ago and yeah, yeah. want to see a photo of that, if you want to see the brief like two weeks where I tried to be interested in Instagram, it's the, up there somewhere. The main
1: role, and we might talk about this more on your other podcast, but the main role my Instagram account plays is it's the way my elder daughter contacts me oh, when yes. she doesn't have credit on her phone. Yeah, of course. So occasionally my phone beeps six times in a row and I get Instagram messages of, call me, please call, please call me. That's it's like a pager.
0: Okay, nice. Well, it's good to (laughs)
1: hear. Turns my phone into a good old-fashioned pager, (laughs) which is good because it means I don't have to give my daughter credit on the phone. Right, Instagram. Thank you, Instagram.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right, thank you, Adam. And uh, we'll talk- Cheer, cheer, swans. Uh, Go Nox. We are Two Guys, One Car.